Hi, how you doing? Welcome to my podcast, A Design for Life. How to survive and thrive at life. My name's Phil Mears, entrepreneur, mindset coach, and I want to share with you my life lessons and how I learned to survive some unbelievable life traumas. But also, from that, I designed a successful life for myself. I'll also share with you my harrowing backstory and how I can help you with not just the big life-affirming challenges and changes you want to make to your life, but also the little everyday challenges when you're feeling a little bit disorientated and you maybe need a little bit of a boost to get you going again. This podcast is where you'll discover my secrets of how to apply a positive mindset to uplift your life when you're feeling a bit stuck, maybe don't know which way to turn. And you will be able to thrive in ways you've never before imagined and perhaps start living the best life you can. I'm excited to have you with me here, so thanks for tuning in. Hi guys and welcome back to my podcast, A Design for Life, with me, Phil Beers. And in this episode, we're going to be continuing on from the previous one, where we talked about you no longer being the acceptable loss in your own life and moving towards a limitless life. And I gave you three new skills to help you along the way. Financial management, sales and marketing, communication and negotiation. And I hope you've been taking the action that I recommended in that episode because listening to me doesn't climb any ladders, only action does. So if you're listening to this episode on its own, I really would recommend that you go back and listen to the previous one for the sake of context, because some of the references in this episode are going to hark back to that one. So it's worth listening to, because what we're going to talk about here is what happens when you are knocked off your course. You've made a plan, you've started to execute that plan, but either something seismic has happened and has knocked you off your course, or you've just had this general losing touch and direction, um, and you've slipped back into a comfort zone, or even a new comfort zone. And this happens to all of us. We're humans, after all, and we can lose focus quite easily due to the many distractions of life. Let's say, for example, we were bullets in a gun and we set our sights on our goal. And when that trigger was pulled, we as bullets would advance rapidly towards that goal without veering off course. And we would get there very, very quickly. However, as I often find myself explaining to coaching clients, we're, we're not bullets fired from a gun. We're humans and we live complex, varied lives, go in many different directions and have many different distractions. So therefore, advancing to our goal takes a great deal of control over a prolonged period. So it's no wonder, therefore, that occasionally we'll veer far off course and lose our way. Being here sometimes can feel a bit like you failed, though. And I've heard a lot of people say this. Oh, I must have failed. I failed to plan properly or I, I failed in my focus or I failed to implement the plan in the first place. And you may be beating yourself up. Well, the first thing to do is to stop. Don't criticise yourself. You're just human and it happens to all of us. So we get that negative self-talk out of the way. But what do you do? How do you get back on track? Well, what we need is a strategy to get back on course and to stay there. So I've broken this down into three chunks. First one is we regroup. Then we re-strategize and then we restart. 
So this episode, I'm going to share with you some of the nuggets that I've accumulated along the way, things that have enabled me to find my way back to my path and to stay on it. So we'll start with regrouping. And what we're going to do is acknowledge, first of all, how far down the path we've actually got, because whatever terminology you may use to describe where you are now, you're not back to square one. You've acquired knowledge experience and understanding. So you've got something there to build on the foundations of a new plan. So the first thing to do whilst regrouping is to start with journaling and journal what you know about how far along this journey you are, what you know now that you didn't know when you started. Now, don't try and do this all in one sitting. I recommend that you allow the thoughts to come to you over the, say, the course of a day, but no more than a day. And in that, try and include a session of journaling first thing in the morning and one last thing at night when we reflect on our situation in different ways. And then in the middle, try and include a session of meditation for about 10 or 15 minutes. Now, as I've said before, when I talk about meditation, I don't mean sort of getting all very spiritual. 10 minutes of meditation can simply just be sitting alone in a quiet, safe place just to reflect on your values and beliefs and taking time to think about what you stand for and what matters most to you. Consider your experiences, your relationships and what you're passionate about and these elements can give you an insight into your values and beliefs and what you now understand about your higher purpose. Now, we're not talking about an in-depth analysis here. It's very high level, but the exercise of doing this is as valuable as the outcome. The vision you have now of yourself may have changed from the original one because you've gained this new learning and new capabilities and, of course, valuable experience. So you may feel able to raise your vision beyond where you saw yourself when you have limited skill. And this may contribute to you um, having slipped into a comfort zone because what was a stretch initially becomes much easier the more you do it and so therefore your initial stretch becomes your comfort zone you have to remember to keep stretching but for the time being embrace that change in you and you've drifted off course because this process has changed you as your skills develop your confidence grows and the growth in you has raised you beyond the original plan, which by comparison might look a little bit naive now, especially in from the viewpoint of this more capable self. So adjusting it to stretch you in the same way as your purpose did when you started is essential for continued growth. And this is how you reconnect with your higher purpose. So in the previous episode, you defined your higher purpose according to where you were at that point. So given where you are now, it's inevitable that you will want to revise it. But the process of connecting is still the same. We go back to thinking about our why. Now let's do that for a moment. What are you doing all this for? Who is it for? Who is going to be with you and who's going to benefit? Recall the vision of your why in detail so that you can feel it, taste it and smell it and re-visualize your future self as you see it now. And this will give you your higher purpose back, which may be higher purpose 
But the necessary thing is to reconnect with that higher purpose. So we've regrouped. What we need to do now is to re-strategize, create some new behaviors and habits that will enable us to stay on track. And we need to create a plan of action. And the first place to start is once you've got a clear understanding of your higher purpose, create this plan to include SMART goals. And what I mean by SMART goals is that SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound. So we'll start with specific goals. Let's say, for example, you have a goal for you want a million pounds. Well, that's not a specific goal. What are you going to do with that million pounds? Well, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy the other. Well, the this, that and the other is your specific goals. It's that that you actually want. So being specific about your goal is important to understanding when you've achieved it. And that brings me to the next point, measurable. How will you know when you've achieved it? What determines that you've actually achieved that goal? You've got to be able to measure it in some way. So it's got to be specific and measurable, but it's also got to be achievable. Your goal should always exceed your grasp, but not by so much that it's a disincentive. So if your goal is a little bit too far in the distance to see it, for it to be motivating, chunk it down. Look at the journey between where you are now and that goal and chunk it down into small achievable chunks. Make it relevant. Don't get distracted into focusing on goals that have got nothing to do with your objective. The whole point is that you are moving in the right direction on the path. Even the smallest of goal that can take you off that path can lead you into the thick woods and you'll never find your way back again. So make sure that your goal is relevant and time bound. This is so imperative, so important. You'll get so much more done when you commit to a deadline to get it done because it's just the greatest motivator. If you've got all the time in the world, promise you, you won't get it done. You've got to put that little bit of time bound pressure on yourself so that you can commit to that deadline and you'll get it done. You'll find a way, promise you. Now, I've always had short term and long term goals, but I've always had a reward system in helping me focus on achieving them. So many of my goals were linked to my career in sales. And so they were monetary based. And these were either for me personally or for my team or for my company. And they fit quite easily into SMART goals because they're easily measurable. But you can still apply this same reward system principle to your goals. So a short term reward would ideally be something that's achievable within six weeks, a month to six weeks maximum. So, for example, this could be a meal out, a gig, new clothing, accessory for your car or pastime hobby, something like that. Back in the day, my reward would be often a couple of CDs. But then back in the day, CDs were about 12, 13 pounds a piece. And in fact, I actually got my first pair of Oakley sunglasses using this reward system. But it's whatever turns you on. The important thing is that you set the reward and you set the date by which to achieve it. A long-term reward might be something like a holiday, car, home improvement, house move even. But it's got to be achievable within, say, a year from now. And write these down. 
where you will see them every single day. If it's a tangible thing, get a picture of it and put it where you're going to be reminded of it every day. Now, here comes the important part. Move the picture around to different locations whilst you're working towards that goal because this avoids blindness. If you just put a picture up and you see it every day and it's in the same location, just like the pictures on your wall in your house, you become blind to them. So move them around so it helps remind you that that's what you're getting out of bed for every day. And once you've achieved your goal, you must reward yourself. Sometimes people are tempted to just say, well, it's enough to have achieved it. I don't actually need to go to that gig or go for that meal out. No, no, you do. You've earned it. You've worked for it. The pleasure you get from the reward will magnify your sense of achievement and the afterglow will carry on long after you've enjoyed the reward. And also after each task, reflect a little bit. Take a moment to celebrate your little wins and affirm with yourself that you are a winner, that you're getting closer to your higher purpose. Remember, nobody's going to pat you on the back. You know, when you were at school and the teacher would come and lean over and go, oh, well done, Phil, that's great spelling or that's great handwriting. You know, we don't get any of that anymore. So we've got to be our own little reward system. And we've got to remind ourselves that we are a winner and that we are getting stronger. So make sure you do that. Now, developing new behaviours and habits will help maintain your routine longer and keep to your strategy longer. So let's have a look at your daily routine. And your daily routine starts the night before. You get a better night's sleep if you're organised the night before. So here's rule number one. No food after 8pm and no caffeine after 10pm. Now, some of these sound obvious, but the amount of people that fall foul of these is uh, it never ceases to surprise me. If you eat after 8 p.m., then food in your gut will actually get busy being digested. It could cause you an upset stomach, indigestion or acid reflux. All of these will keep you awake. You won't sleep very well. And as when it comes to caffeine, well, we all know uh, what the problem is there. Now, the next thing you need to do to unload and unpack your day is journaling at the end of each day. Get rid of all the activity and any kind of thoughts and knowledge that you've gained and unpack it onto paper. And when journaling, often you can stare at a blank page wondering what to put about your day. What I use is five simple questions and I just answer them each night. First one, what am I grateful for from today? There's got to be something. It'll be there. Look for it. What am I grateful for? Write that down. Second one. What's my win for today? Now, you might have had the shittiest day that you can remember. However, there'll be a win there somewhere. Might even just been somebody smile at you when they gave you your change in the shop. Or held a door open for you. Just a little thing. There'll be a win. Something that gave you a little bit of a lift at the time. Or perhaps you didn't give it the recognition that it deserved at the time. And you can do that now. Third one, what's the most story-worthy thing that happened today? What could I turn into an anecdote? Just for yourself, it doesn't have to be entertaining that you're going to go on stage and share with people, but just what's the most story-worthy thing that happened today? And write that down. Number four, what's working right now and what could be better? Very easy one to do. What's working right now and what could be better? Just two things. And the last one, five. How am I feeling? 
Do I feel shit? Do I feel motivated? Do I feel a bit depressed? Do I feel as though I could take on the world? It doesn't matter. Just write it down. Just the feeling you have today. Now, all this sounds like it should take you hours. 15 minutes tops. That's it. No more than 15 minutes. It's five simple questions. Just write them down. You're unpacking and unloading your day so it's not going to be on your mind at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you're trying to process this shit. You've already done it before you go to sleep. So number three, when you go to bed, read. I've been doing this for well over 30 years, reading in bed. Now I'm talking about a book or a Kindle. No blue screen lights, not even with a filter, no articles from websites, none of that crap. A real book. And it can be a book for pleasure or it can be for research or it can be for motivation. It doesn't matter, but just read words on a page. It relaxes the brain. It aids getting off to sleep much better. And of course, we're expanding our minds at the same time. So number four, make time for sex. Having sex releases hormones like oxytocin, the feel-good hormone, and prolactin, a hormone produced by the pituitary gland, both of which help relax the body and allow you to fall asleep more easily. And lastly, write down your to-do list and prioritise. Now, the current best thinking about this is to use this method called time boxing. And basically what that means is allocating a specific time to complete a task. And the benefit of that is, as we discussed just a moment ago, it negates distractions and procrastination and it makes you more effective at getting that job done. And when it comes to prioritising, I use the Brian Tracy method. Eat the frog. Now, if you've not heard this phrase before, what this basically means is have a look at your list of things to complete and prioritise the one that you would happily avoid if you could and make that the first thing you do. And the phrase eat the frog applies to imagine that you've got a plate of things to eat, all of which are your favourite foods, but on there is a frog and you've got to eat everything on the plate. The idea is you eat the frog first, get that out of the way because if you don't, it's always going to be there in the back of your mind. Get it done and get it out of the way. And it will give you a good night's sleep by getting this done. And the important thing is procrastination and distractions will easily mean that that frog will get transferred from one to-do list to another. It just keeps getting bumped along and you never do it. So eat the frog and do not move on to any other tasks until the frog's all gone. So the quality of sleep you have determines the kind of day you're going to have the next day when you wake up. Having all your ducks in a row before you go to sleep is a good way to ensure a good night's sleep. I've always advocated this. I always, even at school, I hated the idea of running around in the morning. So I've always, as long as I can remember, planned the night before. I'd always ensure that my homework was done by the night before, but at the latest, Uniform ready to go, none of this waking up and where's my tie, where's my socks. Bags packed with all the books I'm going to need for the next day. And if necessary, my pee kit is done the night before. But don't get me wrong, I mean, discipline is something I've always felt I needed to work on. And so I have, and I still do, but it reaps rewards in so many ways. So what about when you wake up in the morning? What's the very first thing you do? The very first thing you do when you wake up. 
Now, it's not reach for your phone. It's drink water. Drink water. The very first thing you do is you take on water before you get rid of any. Most humans sweat during the night, so we lose hydration. The important thing is to replenish it as soon as possible. Not only is it good for your body, but it's essential for your mind. I take a bottle of Buxton water to bed every single night, and no, I'm not sponsored by them. Well, not yet, anyway. Um, but I drink half of that bottle before I go to sleep, and then the other half as soon as I open my eyes. I can't under overestimate the importance of taking on water. So the second one was, I touched on it there, leave your phone where it is. Do not be tempted to pick it up, check your social media or emails or anything else on your phone. Leave your phone where it is. So the next thing you do once you've drunk your water is gratitude. Give thanks for three things that you're grateful for in your life. If one of them includes a person that you're grateful for, make sure that you tell them before the morning is out. You'll feel good about it and they will feel great. Next one is affirmations. Now, a lot of people have varying different opinions about affirmations that because they're not direct action, they don't feel in any way tangible. But affirmations have the power to motivate you to act in on certain things and help you to concentrate on achieving your goals. They'll give you the power to change your negative thinking patterns and replace them with positive thinking patterns. And they'll assist you in accessing a new belief system. Put them on sticky notes on your bathroom mirror and rotate them around to avoid this blindness that I talked about earlier. Examples of good affirmations, in my opinion, are I am enough. I believe in my dreams, myself and all that I am. I love myself deeply and fully. My life is filled with abundance of goodness. I am relaxed and I overcome my challenges every day. My skin is healthy, glowing and deeply nourished. Now, this might all feel a little bit woo-woo, but think of it like this. Our brains work like AI. If you feed AI enough information, it will spit back at you the information it thinks you want when you ask it to. Well, the good news is our brain isn't AI. This is real intelligence, not artificial intelligence. This is real intelligence. This is the real deal. So if we feed it with enough of the right information, it will spit back at us the information it thinks we want. Simple. And that's why we do affirmations. We tell our brain what we want it to tell us, not the other way around. So another one, stretch and exercise. 10 minutes every day. Now, exercise, you might think, oh, I've got to do half an hour, 45 minutes for it to be worth it, four times a week. No, no, forget that. 10 minutes. Just do 10 minutes. If you want to do more, by all means, but set out with the intention of doing 10 minutes exercise and stretching. Now, I'm going to advocate stretching because I'm of a certain age now where people in my age, they start to get things like arthritis, aching muscles and mobility becomes a bit of an issue. But if you're listening to this and you're a lot younger than me and I'm in my late 50s. So if you're in your 20s or in your 30s and you think, well, I don't need to stretch. My body's working fine. Get your joints moving through their full range of motion as often as possible. It increases muscle blood flow. 
and enables your muscles to work more effectively and improve your ability to do your daily activities. But more importantly, you get into the habit of doing that now. When you get to my age, you suffer fewer problems with mobility. And if you are my age, well, let's stretch. Stretch every morning. Start now. It'll hurt like a bastard at first, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Next one is oral motivation, and that's with an A. Um, listen to something that kickstarts your brain. This is so important. I find this really important. I have done for years. I think quite consciously about what I'm going to listen to as soon as I wake up, whether that's a podcast, playlist, or a radio station. For me, it's always been very important to set the right tone, and it changes from time to time. But for you, find the right thing that you're going to listen to that's going to go into your brain along with everything else and get it right from the minute you open your eyes. And lastly, remind yourself of the value that you have to offer. You are valuable and you have something valuable to offer the world. Keep this present in your mind throughout the course of the day. So we've regrouped, we've re-strategized. Now we need to restart and get going. But where do we start? Well, we start the same place we always do. What is your next best step? Now, your strategy might not be fully formed yet. It might not be perfect in construction and it might have gaps in it that you're worried about filling. And it's easy to stress about these. What do I do when I get to this point? I don't really have the answer now. Well, my advice is trust in the process because in my experience, two things happen here. The situation you're trying to anticipate really shows up the way you imagine, if at all. And the solution you need will come to you, often without you even knowing it, but it'll be there in time. I'll give you an example. I recently volunteered for a project and I was given an idea of what would be required of me. So I built up in my head a strategy, a plan of execution, timings, etc. And then with one day's notice, I was told the project was going to be completely different and I had an hour to come up with a plan for it. So it'd be very easy for me to panic and just say, no, sorry, I can't do that. Anxiety and fear would show up and I would just say, no, I can't do it. Sorry, it's not what I expected. But I didn't. So what I did was I went and I made a cup of tea and I sat and thought, what's the next best first step? And in the time it took me to make my brew and get back to my desk, something was starting to form in my brain in the shape of a, a plan. Not a, not a finished plan, but some germ of an idea. And over the next 30 minutes, I had it down, the plan. It wasn't perfect, but it would work, I thought. And so over the next 24 hours, I began to get more information about what was going to be required. So I tweaked and I refined the plan. I still had reservations about it, but I knew to trust the process. And guess what happened? The whole thing went better than expected. I could easily have succumbed to this negative self-talk and fear and anxiety as I've done in the past, but no more. Those days are gone. I look at those negative self-talk and anxiety as mind bullies. And anybody that's followed my story so far knows how much I hate bullies. It's understandable that that would happen, but I wasn't going to succumb to it. So 
when I begin to feel these mind bullies are coming for me, I stand for myself and I replace them with positive reassurance, focus on past successes and I remind myself that I am strong, that I am capable and I will find a solution. And those mind bullies, they can do one. And they did and it worked out. Practice it for yourself when the mind bullies are coming for you. Stand for yourself. Replace them with strong, positive self-talk. Repeat your affirmations. Feed your real AI with the information you need so that it gives you back what you want and see off your own mind bully. In conclusion then, get on the ground. Trust in your abilities. Too much planning will lead to procrastination, confusion and hesitation. When the unexpected happens, keep it a little loose and go with your best thinking at the time. Trusting in yourself is as important as the trust you invoke and receive from others. So one last little bonus share I'm going to give you, a little nugget of how to get more done in one day than many people do in a week. And this is something that you may have come across before, but it's called the Pomodoro Technique. And it's a time management system that encourages people to work with the time they have rather than against it. And the basic steps of this are, first of all, choose a single task to focus on. Set a timer for 25 minutes and work only on your selected task. After 25 minutes, you take a five minute break and then you repeat these steps four times. And after you've done it every four times, you take a longer break of about 15 to 30 minutes. So using this Pomodoro technique, you will break your workday into 25 minute focus periods, followed by five minute breaks. Each of these focus periods plus a break is called a Pomodoro after the tomato shaped timer that was first used to test the method. Now, what makes it so effective? Well, the idea behind it is that it instills a sense of urgency. Rather than feeling like you have endless time in the workday to get things done, ultimately squandering precious work hours on distractions, you know you only have 25 minutes to make as much progress on a task as possible. The periodic forced breaks, though, help to lessen that frazzled, burnt-out feeling that most of us experience towards the end of the day. With this technique, you, you haven't spent hours in front of your computer without even realising it. Instead, this ticking timer reminds you to get up and take a breather. What you need to get going now is we've looked at where you are, what knowledge and understanding you've gained, because you're not at square one. As a result, you can feel confident in your ability to keep going and making progress. You've got further knowledge, understanding, self-belief, You've reconnected with your higher purpose, so you're clear about your objective once again. And you've got smart goals and rewards to look forward to. This is more than you had when you began your journey. Let's get moving. Trust the process. Be patient with yourself. You're not perfect, but what is coming is better than what has passed. Which is something that if I could go back and tell my younger self at times of doubt and stress and fear, is exactly what I would do. So do it today. Don't procrastinate. You've got the motivation again and this will help you initially. But stay in motion while your momentum builds and then fly. It's within you and I believe in you. So you should do too. Again, if a regular guy in a wheelchair can do it,
then so can you. But it's the action that's going to climb that ladder. So let's get started today. Make your intentions and do something today. Get back in the game, get your feet on the ground and trust in the process. Listen, guys, it's been great to have you here with me this week. And I hope you've got something from there that can help you elevate your life from being the acceptable loss and living a limitless life instead. Drop me some notes. Let me know how you're getting on with it. But in the meantime, take care. I'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to my podcast, guys. I really appreciate your company. And I hope you got something from this episode that can help you with your life. If you did, then click subscribe because I've got so much more to share with you and I don't want you to miss a thing. Also, why not bring your friends on the journey and share this podcast with them? You can post feedback in the comments section. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Or you can get in touch with me direct by visiting my website at designforlifecoaching.com. Especially if you're struggling at the moment and you need a lift. In the meantime, stay safe guys and I look forward to catching up with you soon.